Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. On Christmas morning, the rocket was launched into space. Approximately 30 minutes later, the rocket made it into space. It is a James Webb telescope. It is the world's <clears throat> most advanced telescope to space, the most powerful and the most technologically challenging space telescope ever built. Someone has said that with the launch in outer space. The Webb telescope is so large, it must be folded like origami to fit inside its rocket fairing for the ride into space. It will orbit about one million miles away from the Earth. It will take about a month to travel this distance. During the trip, Webb will be fully deployed. It will cool down to its operating temperature and its systems will begin to be checked out and adjusted. These checkout procedures will continue until six months after launch, at which point routine scientific operations will begin. Webb is designed to see the most distant galaxies in the universe and study how galaxies evolved over cosmic time. It will study planets orbiting other stars looking for the chemical signatures of the building blocks of life. Webb will also study planets within our own solar system. Its operating temperature is less than negative 370 degrees Fahrenheit. Therefore, Webb has a large shield that blocks the light from the sun and the earth, which otherwise would heat up the telescope and interfere with the observations. Webb will be placed in orbit around the sun at a special location where its sun shield can block both the sun and the earth all the time. One of the main goals of Webb is to detect some of the very first star formations in the universe. You know, there is a claim that the universe is now 13.8 billion years old after the so-called Big Bang. The telescope will be able to see up to 250 million years of this. The complexity of what the scientists have been able to achieve with this telescope is incredible. Hopefully, they'll find some things that will end up being useful for humanity. Not that I believe in the theories about the origins of the world. I believe in what God has revealed to us in the Bible, that he, out of his own volition and kindness, created the world and everything in it. We are not here by something that happened randomly by chance. God has given us the gift of curiosity to know what can be known about him and to give him glory as we encounter the vastness of his creation and to give him glory by worshiping him alone. He has not given us the gift of knowledge to try to dethrone him or to prove that he doesn't exist. Nevertheless, I'm impressed by this complex mission that is being undertaken by NASA and the European Space Agency through the Webb Telescope. It took 30 years and $10 billion to develop. That is some persistence for a complex mission to happen. 
2,000 years ago, a group of men set out on a mission, a completely different mission. It was a simple mission, but it was an incredibly important mission because it was a mission to go see God. Yes, they were guided by a star, but they did not set out on the simple mission because they discovered a star. This was a special star that came to them. It was specially created by God for that purpose. And we are marking today as the epiphany of our Lord. If you follow church calendars at all, you know that Thursday is a day set aside for epiphany. Since we don't have church on Thursdays, we will always miss, miss the reading set aside for the day. So it is good to have the epiphany of our Lord today, a Sunday. When was the star that the Magi followed formed? I don't know. How old was this star? Was it billions of years old and came into being through a random process? Not according to the word of God. Some have said that the Magi were astrologers who were constantly scanning the sky, believing that the stars have a direct bearing on our lives here on earth. Reminds me of people who put so much confidence in horoscopes, they make sure to read the daily predictions for their lives. They take it that seriously. And some folks will actually go pay for services of astrologers, psychics, palm readers, and fortune tellers. Now we don't know too much about these magi, although since the eighth century, three names have been assigned to them based on the belief that there were three men who undertook that trip, that simple mission. And of course, there are also many who believe that they were kings from the East. But Matthew doesn't say that. He only says that they were Magi who had seen the star of the one who had been born king of the Jews. They are also often said to be wise men. Many Bible versions actually translate Magi that way. But probably they were not that wise based on the actions they took in the story. What can we say, what we can say about the Magi from, say, the book of Daniel is that they worked for kings. They were like soothsayers or magicians or sorcerers. When King Nebuchadnezzar had his dream and wanted the dream recounted back to him and then interpreted for him at the same time, it was Magi he turned to. And you may recall, that the Magi kept urging him to tell them the dream first, and then they would interpret it for him. The king knew that they were trying to buy time and get, them, get him to give them some hint so that they could concoct an interpretation. So the Magi were not wise men as we might imagine wise men to be. At some point, the star that was leading them disappeared from their sight. We don't know why. But when that happened, they walked into Herod's palace in Jerusalem, not in Bethlehem where Jesus had been born. It was not their wisdom that made them leave from the east to go looking for this new king of the Jews. It was God making a strong impression on them and leading them through that star. It is one of the mysteries of God. They entered Herod's palace and were asking about a rival king. They did not seem to have a clue 
about Herod's ruthlessness and paranoia that somebody was always plotting to take power from him. Herod loved power. He inflicted incredibly heavy taxes on the people and resented the fact that many Jews considered him a usurper. In his last years, suffering an illness that compounded his paranoia, he turned to cruelty and in fits of rage and jealousy, killed close associates, his wife, Mariamne, and at least two of his sons. The Magi went to the wrong location, Herod's palace, and in their naivete, not wisdom, asked about the one who had been born king of the Jews. That was asking for trouble right there. They did not go to Herod directly, but a king such as this one, paranoid as he was, would hear everything. And this question, he heard about the king of the Jews, caused him no little trouble. In fact, our reading says Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. If Herod is troubled, there's big trouble in the land. He was troubled because of this simple mission by the Magi. That simple mission was to come and worship the one who had been born king of the Jews. They did not even know his name, but they were determined to find him and worship him. It was a simple mission, but it was the most important mission to worship the Lord and encourage others to do the same. It is the same mission for us. It is why we are in church, to worship the same Lord and King they came to worship and encourage others to do the same. Now, in encouraging others to do the same, there may be resistance and trouble for us, and we may feel frustrated and then keep our mouths shut. But that doesn't change what God desires for us. Worshiping him and sharing the good news with those who do not yet know him is still the most important mission because we want others to know Jesus and believe in him. We know that there is life and peace beyond the present life, and that is given only by Jesus, who was born and lived and died and rose again for that purpose. And we want others to come along because it is the best thing that can happen to them, believing and becoming children of God forever because of Jesus. Herod heard about their inquiries, and he summoned the chief priests and the teachers of the law to find out where the Messiah would be born. Obviously, he knew enough and had made a connection between the king of the Jews and the Messiah. In his mind, they were one and the same person, which it was. The chief priests and the teachers of the law readily knew the answer. They knew the scriptures, as they should. So without any hesitation whatsoever, they quoted from the scripture, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. They knew the scriptures. And now they've heard the news of the birth of the one who had been long expected. They did not seem surprised. They did not express any excitement about the news. They shrugged it off. They knew the scriptures, but they did not express any faith in it. It's like people you may know who know the Bible enough, they can quote from it, but do not believe what they know. 
But for the Magi, this was God's confirmation from his own word, written centuries earlier, that indeed the Messiah had been born, not just a star. Herod then had the Magi brought in privately to find out more from them about the exact time when they saw the star. It was not just a curious or idle question. He was planning furiously in his mind to kill this child so there would never be a rival king to him. Only a cunning and ruthless king would do that. He told the Magi that he would like to be part of their simple mission once they located the child. So in their thinking, one extremely important convert is already being won for the Christ child. They couldn't have imagined that their humble quest to find and worship the one who had been born king of the Jews could lead them to a king like Herod wanting to worship him too. They had every intention of coming back and informing Herod about what they find. Unintentionally, they had spread the good news of the birth of Jesus to the elite in society. Maybe that was the reason the star disappeared for some time, causing them to go into Herod's palace to talk about their simple but all-important mission. Now the star, which had disappeared for some time, now reappears to lead them to the exact place in Bethlehem where Jesus and his parents were. And they accomplished their simple mission to worship the Christ child. They offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts fit for a king. And after being warned in a dream not to go back to Jerusalem, they returned to their country by another route. Mission accomplished. God had revealed to Gentiles that this child, who is God in the flesh, is the God of all people, the only God. That is epiphany. The Magi would have returned to Jerusalem to inform Herod about the precise location in Bethlehem where Jesus had been born. They had still not become wise to the plans of Herod. The Magi, after all, not my wise men who would have figured out by now that Herod was up to no good, even though he had given them the impression that he too wanted to go and worship the child. The Magi went on a simple mission to find the Christ child and worship him. But God himself was on a mission that was the most complex ever. In terms of cost, it is priceless. The one who himself put all the heavenly bodies in place by speaking them into being came on that mission for the purpose of rescuing the world from vain pride in its achievements. He put everything in place so that we might see and be awed and give glory to his name, not to push him away and compliment ourselves for our own greatness. This too is epiphany. God became one of us in order to save us. It is God's wisdom, not ours. May his wisdom make us wise to follow him alone, always and forever. Amen. I'm going to invite you to rise as we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed.